0: Welcome to the Emma Gunn Show. Life's defining moments don't always feel that great when they're happening. In the moment, they can feel challenging, uncomfortable, difficult, impossible even. But with hindsight, they can take on a different shape. With the benefit of that 2020 perspective, we can begin to see how the most difficult times were a life lesson we didn't know we needed to learn. Each week, I ask my guests to share their biggest life learnings to date as we explore those difficult, swampy, infuriating times and how they shaped them all from a comfortable distance that's afforded them the time to take the positive out of what might have seemed nothing but negative at the time. Because whether it's obstacles, challenges, risks, excuses, opportunities, successes, failures, or curveballs, they are the reason they are the person they are today, the person sitting in front of me on this episode of The Emma Gunn Show.
1: Deep down, I always thought, yes, I can. So my kind of deep subconscious was like, go for it, you can do it. But then it was that kind of niggle in my my mind that, no, no, you can't. And And then I guess through life, sort of bullying and rejection just echoed that, made it seem loud. You know, I need to be challenged. I need to be in a situation where actually... I just have to do it. And I think that was the great thing with the army was doing the the basic training because you couldn't say, excuse me, Sergeant Major, you know, it just wouldn't wash. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's realistic, then anything is possible. I kind of think, well, if someone else has done that, then I can do that. There is no reason why that person can, why I can't do it. It's not about me. Look at me. It's about what I can do to help you it feels like a gift it feels empowering it feels like a just a kind of just secret superpower that we can all have
2: hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news
0: My guest today is Lucy Wyndham reed the author, TV presenter and fitness and lifestyle expert whose YouTube channel has over 2 million subscribers. She was born in and grew up in Crawley and spent five years in the army before turning her attention to making fitness and health accessible via her social media channels. To date, she has published over 1000 free home workouts on YouTube and she continues to update her channel regularly. Lucy is known for empowering people and her can-do attitude. Indeed, her TEDx talk is called Yes, I Can, and outlines the ways in which she has overcome obstacles and challenges. Some of those challenges include being bullied at school, being told her dyslexia meant she wouldn't make it as an author, and a tragic event that shaped who she is today. For someone who will do it even when it isn't easy, I'm intrigued to learn Lucy's life lessons and find out exactly how she channels such focus and exercises such resilience. Lucy, welcome to the Emma Gunn Show. How are you?
1: I'm very well and thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's such such a pleasure. And I think it's um, it's so interesting to have seen somebody on social media who is so positive, who's so about you can do it, I can do it, and is very empowering. And then to sort of have these kind of one-on-one conversations to find out how you how you really got there, I think. Sure, and I think it's, for me, social media is turning it into a really
1: positive place of it's not about me, it's just about how I can help others. And, um, you know, for me, I kind of use that, yes, I can, because throughout life I was told, no, you can't, and I wanted to turn that around and just say, yes, I can. And really, actually, more than anything, just empower other people to actually just believe in themselves you, you know it's something funny because I was thinking if only I had the confidence I have now years and years ago because when we have that confidence and self-belief we genuinely can really do anything we put our mind to.
0: The thing that I think struck me about the idea of yes I can is that at some point does that mean you thought no I can't? I um, I think, I mean, that's
1: a really, really good
0: question. Deep
1: down, I always thought, yes, I can. So my kind of deep subconscious was like, go for it, you can do it. But then it was that kind of niggle in my my mind that no, no, you can't. And, and then I guess through life, sort of bullying and rejection just echoed that, made it seem louder. And then it was a little bit like, actually, I just pushed that voice to the side and actually took out that inner strength, which was the, the yes, I can. And so in a in a really weird way, there's been something in me that has always believed that I was going to achieve everything that I wanted and will continue to do so as well.
0: So I'm going to begin where I begin with all of my guests, and that's asking you uh, Talk to me about your relationship with risk. With risk. Mm. Um,
1: my goodness, I love risk. It's <laughs> not funny. Um, and I have not kind of realised, but, you know, life is, you can either just sit in a comfortable position and life never changes, or you can take a risk, which is full of adrenaline, and you can then take that risk of just succeeding, and you know, the great thing is, sometimes succeeding isn't actually about succeeding straight away, it's about failing, but failing, it becomes like a game, is where you find all the clues, you put it back together again, and you try again, and you might fail again, but ultimately, you will then succeed. So for me, I think about it now and the older I've got, the more risks I take because I want to have no regrets at all. Um, And I don't question things. I just do it because I think it's so easy just to sit there and think, well, what if this? What if that? Well, what if you never tried?
0: Mm. Okay, so talk to me about the biggest risk that you've ever taken. And when I asked you what this was, you said it's actually less of a risk. It's just more that I follow my heart.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think so. I suppose for me, the first risk that I ever really took without realising that I was taking it takes me way back to my childhood. And at the age of 19, I'd kind of left school and was just just a little bit lost, didn't really know where I was going. and And again, it was as if there was that deeper inner soul that was like come on you you really can make something of your life so I then decided to go and join the army which I guess for me was the biggest risk because one I'd hated sports at school I I felt like I wasn't physically fit enough strong enough I was scared I was all the things that were kind of saying to me it's not what you want to do but it's something I felt like I had to do so that was probably my biggest risk and actually one of the best things that I ever did. And I always remember the day when I joined the army, I turned up at order shop. That's where we did the training, the where you, you joined. And at the time we lived in Red Hill. So it was like about a 40 minute train journey. It wasn't far. And I remember getting off the train with my wheelie suitcase, long hair and a flowery dress and coming in from another train with sort of all these other girls joining that were really lovely. Don't get me wrong, but had tattoos, short hair, just wearing jeans and big rock And I was thinking, oh my God, what have I, what have I sewn myself up for? And that was it. When you started, you were there for 12 weeks. You couldn't leave because everyone would obviously want to leave. You had to stick it out. And you know what? They were the most amazing women that I met. And, and that's when I did think, I'm taking a risk, but it was, it was definitely worth catching that
0: train to order shots. Um, you're immediately making me think of Private Benjamin. You're just making me think of the Goldie Hawn film.
1: Trust me, I was. That was my nickname. Um, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was probably um, one of the most unusual in my platoon but you know what it was kind of we all we all found each other's strengths so um and and I think that's where also like I really love the fact now that on social media I've been able to kind of build up this online community because that's really in a way what I had in the army with the other girls we all found each other's strengths so you become a team and you, you help each
0: other but yeah Private Benjamin and it wasn't at all an obvious thing is it right that both of your parents are quite artistic and creative so you going into the army was just kind of a, a excuse me now yeah so my my dad is a folk singer the
1: most beautiful voice travels the world in fact he's just come back from Australia he did a six-week tour there so so he spent his whole life singing and then my mum is an amazing artist does beautiful art in fact so David Attenborough has one of her pictures on the wall so they are super talented very um you and and just kind of non couldn't be more non-military mm. right so um so I think that was quite unusual because a lot of the people that when I joined the army a lot of that they'd come from families that were used to being in
0: the army as well mm. was there something about it then for you was it sort of finding your own identity Yeah, I think so. And again, it was just challenging myself.
1: I think at school, you could always come up with, you know, I can't do sports, sir, because I forgot my PE kit or, you know, I got period pains, whatever it was. I mean, literally, I'm so creative. The list of excuses Mm I came up with was incredible. I think in all my years, I never did one game of sports because I had every excuse. And I thought, you know, I need to be challenged. I need to be in a situation where actually, I just have to do it. And I think that was the great thing with the army was doing the, the basic training because you couldn't say, excuse me, Sergeant Major, you know, it just wouldn't wash. So, so I had to. And, and it's then that you find your inner strength. Um, and, and that's something that I've always been wanting to project throughout my career, throughout life, like mm-hmm. everyone's potential. We, you know, we are so much stronger than we think. Everyone says it, but it really is true.
0: You mentioned right at the top of the conversation about bullying and when I thought about you having been bullied at school and then going into the military, I did think that there's something with bullying you can feel really worn down, you can just feel like you're quiet you get picked on you're loud you get picked on you just can't do anything right once you're in a bully's sights, you're you're kind of screwed. And there's something as well about the military, having not been in it myself, but sort of from the outside, you think there's an element of sort of wearing people down to get them to become what they need to be. Sure. And so I wondered about those two things. And did you feel, did it sort of break you in the way that bullying did? Was it a similar experience, but a different outcome?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think actually, near enough everyone has been bullied at some time in their life. So it's, it's like when I say I was bullied, it's not a feel sorry for me I was bullied. I was just like any kid at school, we all get bullied and you know for me it was like oh you're you know you're really weird and I couldn't spell and I, I used to have to have speech therapy like had a terrible lisp so it was just those little things and it was very much like um you know you had the the it girls the in crowd and it was kind of like I could never be in that group and and I think for me my association with sports and fitness and the worst thing was always that being in the PE lessons when I did have to do it mm. um and when they'd have the two popular kids would choose who is going to you know they'd be the team leader and then one by one out of a class of 30 they'd all pick one and I'd always be the last one standing and it would just be so embarrassing because and and that's something that I really reflect on a lot which has made me really passionate about including everyone with fitness hence why on my YouTube channel there are workouts if say someone's got limited mobility you know I want to make sure make everyone feel empowered, And, you know, those people, I want to make sure that they know they're the first people that I would pick. So I think the bullying in that respect, kind of, I look at it as a good thing, because that was really when I was 19, it was like, all right, I'm going to turn this around. And, and trust me, actually, in the army, the bullying was probably worse by men um because there weren't as many women in the army so they just kind of thought you had gone in for an easy ride that you weren't going to work as hard so I had to work even harder to prove myself but you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger so it's like you know with that it just it gave me tenacity determination and discipline
0: just to to do all the things that people thought I couldn't Mm. and it was a massively formative experience wasn't it those those five years
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it did teach me so much. And I think especially nowadays with with the younger generation. Now, I feel so blessed that when I was growing up, we didn't have the social media that we do now. Mm. I think it's I think we're just discovering how of an impact it has on the younger generation. So for me, it was um, th- those challenges were really what helped kind of shape me. And, and you know, I think Anyone, any kind of, you know, especially when, you, when you're 19, 20 in those early years, just um, pushing yourself, doing challenges, doing stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable in a, in a positive way. I'm talking about yeah. things like, you know, doing the army training was just really what gave me my foundations and skills that I use now running a business.
0: So as someone who has all these skills, who is really resilient, I have to ask you, is that do you ever make excuses? Um, do you know I don't I'm really
1: good I don't and I don't let myself I hear myself when I'm going to make an excuse and then I ask is that an excuse or is it a justified reason so for example um, with my fitness I exercise because I want to keep healthy fit and strong Um, but if I'm having a day where I'm ill, then I won't exercise. And that's not an excuse. But if I'm having a day like just can't be bothered, then it's like, Mm. yes, you can. Um, So, you know, I think it's really important to also not become obsessive. It's like everything, there is a balance, there is a fine line. Um, But I won't let excuses, you know, I, I know if it's an excuse, or if it's a valid reason, if it's an excuse, I, I won't allow myself to do it and if I'm perhaps nervous about making a phone call or or following up an email or, or doing what I just do it I just do it I don't overthink it's like you know before I've even thought I'm send that, I've sent it or I've phoned or you know because I think it's very easy to procrastinate um so I don't let that happen
0: it's a very very good point about excuses because you can make them and you can make them seem very real and it can be like yeah I know that's that's completely valid I don't feel well today to use your example so it's probably right for me not to work out but actually there's a level of being realistic with yourself being honest with yourself that sometimes we can we can sometimes just fib to ourselves can't we Absolutely.
1: like they say honesty is always the best policy so we know you know um and actually the other day for the first time ever I have never injured myself I did all my own workouts but the other day in bed I just moved my duvet Yes. I slipped disc in my back, oh. so then I was like, "Oh, I just I can't exercise." And you know, actually, I wanted to, but I knew then that wasn't an excuse. It was like, "No, you have to." You know, it's it's fine now, but um, yeah. So I I think it goes back to having you know in life, if you put in one hundred percent, you get in one hundred percent back. You know, that's something I I like to kind of say to people. So you know, think about that. Is that excuse? just an excuse if it is don't let it happen if it is a justified reason then that's fair enough
0: what about if you feel as though something isn't possible or there's a block in your way do you have a process of breaking things down because it might be easy to say oh that's just or that's not my kind of thing or so you might put an excuse in the way but do you have a method for breaking it down so that it goes from being impossible or something you don't want to do to being something possible and something you do want to do
1: yeah, I mean, I think if it's realistic, then anything is possible. I kind of think, well, if someone else has done that, then I can do that. There is no reason why that person can, why I can't do it. Um, so I think, you know, everything that, that is real is possible. And, you know, sometimes stuff can feel a little bit overwhelming. So perhaps break it down into into s- to smaller goals. And also think of your reason why you want to do it. You know, what is it going to make you feel better is it going to make you feel stronger whatever it is think of your why is and they really kind of help you along that journey as well you know for me definitely growing my youtube channel it wasn't that i wanted to reach three million subscribers or this or that mine was about my why i wanted to create a place where people could find free workouts that were going to help them because to me helping people is just the best feeling in the world so it was my kind of why was my drive to doing my YouTube
0: channel. You know what really blew me away when I was watching your TED Talk was when you were talking about working in a gym and the fact that there were 16 pieces of cardio equipment and you mm-hmm. said to the gym manager, and how many members do you have? And I think they said 1,800. Yeah. It's, and you said, well, well, if everyone turns up, there's not a machine for everyone. And they sort of gleefully said, but not everyone will turn up. Only 10% of people will turn up and not at the same time. And that was almost the seed for, okay, how do I make something accessible that everybody can use?
1: Do you know it's a hundred percent, and and it gives me goosebumps just mm. you said that because I can remember exactly what I was wearing <laughs> when I was in that gym, and I remember that gym manager. It was all about the money for them, and I remember thinking, oh my god, this is this is going to be where these people are paying the money. They're wasting the money and and their why of why they joined that gym was to get healthy, yet they're, no, they're never going to achieve it. So it was then that it's like, I've got to find a way that I can reach those people that have paid for their gym membership that aren't turning up. Um, and again, I felt that all those people were the ones like me in that class that always got picked at last. Does that make mm, sense? Yeah. It, you know um, and yeah I mean it was it was to them it was really interesting she had two people there what one who saw it as a fantastic business that you know all these people are paying but very few are using and yet for me I saw it as that's a failure they should all be turning up so um, so I've always kind of been perhaps um, a little bit differently driven to other people in in the industry which you know each to their own but for me that that was definitely my kind of area or the the moment in my life that really kind of gave me a passion and a drive.
0: What really struck me as well is the fact that it's all very well having a building with a load of cardio equipment in and a few weight racks but if you're not telling people how to do the exercise or how to use the machines how to get the best out of the equipment or why they should be using it in a certain way then again you're really you're not serving them but that's kind of the antithesis isn't it of what you do which is like here's what we're doing here's why and here's how to do it properly absolutely and you know some people love
1: going to the gym and and that's perfect for them it's it's about always just making sure that you're you're ha- doing the right thing for the right people. So for me, I guess I, I've gone on to just show people how they can get fit at home. And this is kind of what, you know, where I film all my videos where I'm sat now mm. in a tiny amount of space. And as I always say, our bodies are amazing. They are incredible. We kind of have got everything we need within our, our body, just using body weight, doing exercises. But again, if someone is motivated because they like going to the gym, they like using cardio machines, they like using weights, and that's perfect for them as well. You know, so for me, it was kind of, it wasn't about saying gyms are wrong, gyms are, are fine. But what I wanted to do is find a way of reaching out to the people that perhaps felt too intimidated to go to the gym because some of those machines, you just stand there and think, what the hell? Where do I put my legs? What do I do here? <laughs> um, and also, other people perhaps can't afford it or haven't got time to do it. So, um, you know, it was it again, mine my why was
0: show people how they can do it at home. Well, take obstacles out of their way, which brings me (laughs) neatly onto the idea of like, what's the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome and have you overcome it? Because your answer was rejection.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think definitely in the earlier years. So um, when I came out of the army, I then really wanted to just get my teeth stuck into fitness, to teaching and In that time, I mean, that was probably like middle 90s, there was no social media. So the only form of media was... Newspapers, magazines, TV, and I was kind of desperate to write articles, to to present ideas on TV on how you could and and you know, and I'd go along, I'd have meetings, they'd all say yes, yes, and then no, the door would be closed, and I just find it so frustrating. Um, eventually, I did find a publisher that that said yes, but it it was still a long road, and again, I had very little input, and of course, then when social media started, it was like oh, okay. So, I can have a go at now producing my own content. Um, but it was tough because I was literally living from bed sit to set. I couldn't really afford any of the equipment, didn't know what to do. I remember my first tripod was a box of cornflakes or wheated bics by the window. <laughs> my camera was on it. Um, but you know what? Again, that was the risk. That was the exciting part, it was risk. I don't know. It was kind of, I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to do it. I just knew I had my why. I had my reason why I needed to do it. And um, yeah, the rest is history, as they say.
0: Everyone who's created content has at some point used something bizarre to on which to prop the camera. And I, for me, once it was three tins of baked beans. Brilliant. <laughs> um, but in terms of, <laughs> of obstacles and the rejection element of that, is it professional rejection that has been a struggle for you? Or does that also seep into personal rejection?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. It's actually both. Um, it's definitely a lot of kind of um, professional um, with businesses. Um, and that's kind of more years ago. And then also relationship-wise, I've definitely had a few um, ones where, again, rejection, which is um, probably why I'm now single and have I've turned into the spinster with two cats. Probably one, Um, and you know, as you probably know from my TED talk, you know, I lost the love of my life. That was that was a real. I mean, it's it's not a rejection because it was an accident; he was killed. But I guess that felt like the ultimate rejection at such a young age. You know, we had met when we were both fifteen fallen in love and at 21 he was killed and and actually it's interesting because in my ted talk i obviously knew i was going to talk about that but what i hadn't prepared myself for was first of all that's the first time i'd ever done public speaking i was so nervous wow. and i had no idea that the projector the the image would be as large as it was. So when I was talking about Mike and then I turned and saw him looking like God, I was like, oh my goodness. And I think that's what really, really threw me. But um, but losing him, it's really weird, has been kind of just really taken me on a very different journey in life. And I sort of feel like he's just always there, odd little signs throughout life that have just kept me going. And it's like, he's up there going, keep going. You know, it's kind of that my mission and passion has then been right let, let's turn my life into helping others so um yeah and he will have probably seen future partners thinking oh my goodness what is she doing with him why <laughs> none of them lasted very long so um yeah it's you know it's funny and I, I suppose for me it's quite hard to replace something that I had when I felt i was so in love so it, it's um you know I, I have had some lovely relationships don't get me wrong but um yeah there we are Aww. just two cats now.
0: Well thank you for sharing that because I know that in the TED talk it was very obvious that that really did um you could you could hear like your it yeah. got you in yeah, your throat kind of caught and it was you were composing yourself but you wouldn't have known that was the first time you'd done public speaking but you know it's funny isn't it because it's something that I then
1: wanted to do because it was something I was terrified of doing so it was like right public speaking is the one thing I'm really frightened of doing um and and so it was great so again that's you know that's also why I really wanted to call that the yes I can as well just um and actually where was I the other day um, so I met you at the YouTube event, and I was at another event later on in the week. And someone said, "Oh, I, I could never do go up on stage." She said, "I'd I'd be terrified talking." I went, "Yep," I said, "That was exactly me." But yes, you can. If you can have a conversation, you can do that.
0: Mm, that's that's really good advice, actually. If you can have a conversation, if you, yeah, can, you can say something to. A-
1: it's all about confidence because people are there to hear your story, to listen to you. And I suppose, you know, I always start with just being confident because people there know you're confident. They're not looking for you to fail. People are there because they're interested. And so now I absolutely love it. And I just think, well, wow, you know, years ago, I just couldn't have done it at all. Like when I was younger, it would have been just impossible. It would have terrified me. So I always think it, it's so exciting when you can tell people how powerful your mind is. So whatever you think you can't do actually, yes, you can.
0: I love this. Okay. So talk to me about how you handle challenges. And when I asked you to describe to me what your biggest challenge was, it does lead it. It does sort of link to what you were just saying in that you said that being heard has been your biggest challenge.
1: Yeah, I think so. People have, I've I've always struggled kind of being taken seriously or, um, yeah, I just, just feel like I haven't ever really been heard. But I think the great thing with turning 50, I turned 50 in lockdown, which is so annoying. So I had to party on my own. Oh my goodness. With the two cats. I had all, I had all these plans for a big party for my 50th. Um, but definitely, I think the, the best thing, As you get older, as you get your confidence, and when you have your confidence, you don't care. It's like you'll just go ahead and say it anyway. Um, And I think for me now people are starting to perhaps hear a little bit. I feel my voice has become louder just by having that self-belief. And, you know, and it doesn't matter. Not everyone in life is going to like you, but that doesn't matter. As long as what you're doing is important in your heart that is good and helping others, then then just keep going and just shout louder and louder.
0: so being heard, I was interested by that when you said there about being taken seriously. Was it about being heard or was it about people hearing, being heard in the way that you wanted to be? Was it about being dismissed earlier on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think especially going back to the army, for me,
1: like being, okay, going back to school, it was a bit like being the last one to get picked. And yet actually, if someone had picked me as the first person, Perhaps that would have given me that beast of confidence and we would have won that game of netball six it was pretty bad. But you know, so it was again there, it was a voice that wasn't heard. And a bit like the army, they just assumed that, you know, I wouldn't work as hard because I was a woman. It was kind of like, oh my God, you're so wrong. I'm gonna like absolutely race you guys at this this running event or whatever. It's like all those things so it just felt frustrating that I felt like I had to kind of prove myself to to kind of prove a point that or people do often have a perception they'll look at someone and just think uh, and it's just so so wrong like never ever assume we should never Mm. assume
0: I had this conversation on the show and I've had it a few times recently as well offline where I would go into meetings or go into a professional setting and I would say something and because I was aware that perhaps I was younger, didn't have a huge amount of experience, I would say what I had to say and then and then qualify it maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times to really hammer home the point. And it was almost like a, a quite a, a sort of desperate energy, if you like, of like, listen to what I'm saying because of all of these reasons. And so I'll say what I'm saying and I'll present it to you in three different ways and you, you will like one of them. Mm-hmm. And as I get older, I realize you can walk into a room and you, you alluded to this as well about age, Really, actually leaning into your confidence. I can say something once and I can take a beat and wait for a response, and I don't have to pedal as hard. And a lot of that does just come with time, right?
1: Absolutely. And that's where I'd say it's kind of, you know, it's like life, everyone is so negative about. Aging instead, actually, let's think of all the positives. For me, the confidence is just mind-blowing. It just changes everything. It's um, you know, it, it's something that is there for the taking.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you could go back, it's sort of a pointless exercise in a way, but if you could go back and sort of whisper words of wisdom about confidence to your younger self, what do you think you would say?
1: Yeah, I would just say, don't, don't change who you are. There was so many times people are like, oh, you know, you should do it this way or, or it's, you know, kind of, I don't know, that just knocks me for stuff that I did, the way that I dressed haircuts I mean I'm not being funny there were some bad ones which is fair enough but but you know appearance and just everything and and actually just going don't let people tell you to change just just be you it's you know that that is what makes us all so unique everyone that's something that I say so so many times on social media posts you know it's actually in seven billion people in the world there's only one of you and and that is your beauty and that's what makes you interesting you know I, I think so much now everyone especially the youngsters they all start to look the same they see one person they follow a trend they do this with their hair, eyes everything and actually you know sometimes the most beautiful is just about just being real and you know just again I'm repeating myself but it does go back to the confidence so I would definitely just say don't change you don't need to change for
0: anyone Mm, it's this weird isn't it when you're younger you want to be part of the tribe you want to look like everybody else I was desperate for mm. Doc Martin boots and to sort of dress in a grunge get-up because everyone else did at school and I never really did and now actually I really it is about like I, I like being different yeah, <laughs> as absolutely. a teenager no way no oh my goodness I look back I mean I remember wearing
1: braces because they were in <laughs> how awful is that and like now I feel like I've truly found my style it's taken me like over 50 years and actually the style that I I like to wear when I'm going out to is is just something that isn't necessarily fashion it's just something that I like
0: Mm. um I loved your answer to my question um what opportunity have you either grabbed with both hands or let pass you by And the reason why I loved your answer is because I thought, I just need to ask you to explain this and really dig into it for me, because you said, I don't wait for opportunities anymore. I have had too many disappointments. Instead, I make my own. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I,
1: I now, and this is where my life is so exciting. I'm not waiting for an email to come in. I'm not waiting for someone to come back and say yay or nay. I'm like, actually, if I want it, I'm going to build it. I'm just going to do it completely on my own. And and this is, again, something that I've just learned over the years. You know, I've got my YouTube channel, which has said when I started that, I was living in a bed set, didn't know how to film, how to edit, how to have a website, how to have a blog, didn't know any of that. And I've just learned. And I've learned on my own just through doing YouTube, Googling it, and just asking. So it's like I will never put my destiny in anyone else's palm it will always just be in mine so it's like for an opportunity i'm gonna go and create it um if someone else wants to come along with me that's great but other than that it's like now um I I would never do that because I'd had too many disappointments years and years ago, where I worked would work so hard on something, a business opportunity, and then right at the last minute they'd go no, and I'd spent all my money and my time. It happens so, so often. So, so again, those I look back now, and actually I'm kind of quite grateful that they happened. At the time it was hard, but now it gave me that resilience, and and it just made me find a way. Like there's always a way. if you come up against a brick wall you just keep walking and eventually it will end and you'll get be able to get around the other side so um so that's why now it's the opportunities are the ones that that I make
0: in your answer when you said you've had too many disappointments it made me think about um hyper independence and I think that's definitely I I also love being self-sufficient but I also don't ask for help yeah and that makes me feel good but I also there's something in the back of my mind that's like maybe that isn't the greatest and I've had friends say to me you know Emma it's really upsetting for us sometimes when we know that you've been through a tough time and you didn't tell us or when we know that if you just phoned us up we could have helped and you didn't um have you come up against that yeah
1: I think it's really important to actually you know always remember it is important to ask for help. So I want to do as much as I can, but I'm definitely now, there are some things that I think actually, you know, I I do need to just talk. And and actually a lot of the time, it's less about the business and the, you know, Perhaps it's more my anxiety, my fears, and and I think you know talking is key, is really important. So we can be strong, we can be independent, we can be successful. But at the end of the day, we can still have our fears, our worries, and those are something that that I used to bottle up on my own. And now, I mean, I'm very lucky. I've got a very very close family and close friends. So now I share. And in fact, they'd always kind of said talk, and I didn't. Whereas Whereas now I do. So I think, you know, it uh, and talking isn't failing and asking for help isn't failing. If anything, it's being smart. It's realizing, actually, I'll do better if I if I tell them I'm struggling a little bit, you know, do as much as you can. But definitely let people in
0: when you need help. It's good advice. Um, It's no surprise that your answer to the question, what's your greatest success is about the YouTube channel. And also you won fitness influencer of the year in 2021. But my goodness, you've got over two million subscribers. I know That's it's really huge.
1: It's, it's a really funny thing because you never really see it because I'm just filming on my phone, working on my computer, and you never see that that volume of people. And um yeah, I mean, I think for me at the beginning, it was so slow. And, but it didn't matter because it was just every little email I'd get from someone just saying, your workouts have just made me feel better. I've come off antidepressants, I'm sleeping better, or I've come off, I'm not pre-diabetic. It was all those things that the more of those I got, the more it was like, I'm just going to create more and more. and you know, again, it was, that I just put in 100%, I just worked so hard. And, and it's just been a steady organic growth. You know, I've never done PR marketing, it's just naturally, it has just grown and grown. And um, so for me, the biggest achievement, is YouTube. It's not necessarily the number, it's massive and it's big, but I think it's just knowing I'm helping all those people. And the um, the fitness influencer was something that I genuinely, when I went up there, I was up with five other people. And there's a guy there, I can't remember his name, who's incredible. He does so much amazing stuff. So it's like, he should win. Um, and I'm not your typical fitness influencer. I don't do protein shakes. I don't do brand deals. I'm I'm not at red carpet events. I don't do any of that. I'm I'm here. I use this platform for a very different um, reason. And so I was like, I'm definitely not going to win this. But it, it was actually really nice to just go. And when they called out my name, I was like, what? I mean, I stood up and then sat down. Was like no. <laughs> um, and it was really lovely because it wasn't actually. Um it was the people's choice, which I think is, is really powerful because a lot of those things, you know, it's kind of if you're you're in with the it crowd and, and I'm kind of not, I don't think. Um so to have won that was just pretty amazing. Um so that, that was that was very, very special because I, I think mm. that was just because of doing kind of won it for the reason of the why about just helping others. And, you know, they said it's about that you've built up this online community where people feel safe, no one's judged, and it's all just about being the best version of ourselves.
0: And interestingly there, you said about, I'm not a typical fitness influencer in inverted commas, because you don't do what I eat in a day, a day in the life of me. Like your content is it's more journalistic and I think this is something that I've definitely noticed with friends of mine who've come from a journalism background there's there are people who you see all aspects of their life and that's completely fine and if completely what they want to do and it's hugely popular but then also I I tend to myself gravitate the, towards the kind of content and hope I create the kind of content that has some sort of editorial purpose like what could somebody potentially take away from this that could be useful, whether it's about beauty or fitness or these conversations. And I think that's really what you do.
1: Absolutely. I think it's all, it's not about me. Look at me. It's about what I can do to help you. And I think that's where social media is then a really powerful platform. And moving forward, I've met so many interesting people, some doctors recently, and I'm so excited. I'm meeting, um, one next week actually and she's all about mental health anxiety and I'm literally just can't wait to meet her and go what can we do what can I do how can I use my platform to help um so you know and I've got nothing wrong with people use social media however they want and Mm. there's so many amazing fitness influencers who you know do great deals with brands and and show their wonderful abs and that that's brilliant and each to their own and you know when you're younger that's perhaps what it's all about that there's nothing there is nothing wrong um it's just for me personally it's kind of you know it's it's a little bit different and actually what is really bizarre is that this year the american news channel is it cbnc the big news channel and they that's it. They reached out to me as a fitness influencer, wanting to give them a quote about National Fitness Day in America. You know, when you think, well, wow, how crazy wow. is that? So that was that was really lovely. And again, it was really nice to then be able to talk about, you know, fitness is, again, not just for the young. It's for all of us, every age, every ability. We can all do a little bit to look after our fitness.
0: Okay, so I'm going to have to ask you a different question here, which is talk to me about saying no. Because when you've got over 2 million subscribers on YouTube, when you've got the following that you have on Instagram, I am guessing that you have been inundated with offers from brands to prance around in their clothing, to drink their drink, to eat their food. And you've said no.
1: Yeah, I do. And it is it is bonkers, the um, amount of offers they'll, you know, I can have my own protein brand that's like Lucy's Squad protein. I can do protein bars. I can have clothing. All this, um, but you know what? It's it's that's not why. That that isn't what I'm about. It has to be. My message is clear. It has to be about helping other people. It's about just being focused on on why you know I set this up and um but I am looking at doing clothing I did do least Scott, but I did that on my own we did do that but then then it's just so complicated mm-hmm. It's like, or oh, there's just there's not enough hours in the day so um
0: you know and I just politely say no I say thank you but no um but it's so tantalizing when people are like here we have money that we would like to give you Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it is definitely, but it's kind of, that's never been my drive. And I think again, I'm just a bit older and wiser. Mm. And for me, money's never been, um, a driving force for me it's like i want to do well but it's not the reason that i'm doing this and um, and also i have to really believe in something and and i truly believe that we don't need anything we can do so much on our own so i think you know that's what's so important is about being true to what i believe and you know would i use anything like that the answer is no so it's like why would
0: i then want to kind of sell that to my audience Oops. I love this. It's just making me think it's all about knowing what your why is. And then anything that comes into your vision, into your eye line, it's very, very simple, whether it's a yes or a no. There's no need to deliberate because you absolutely understand what your goal is. The, the thing
1: that I jump at the chance to say yes, that is anything to work with charities, to work with something, raising awareness for health conditions, mental health conditions, those i'm just like yes i can't say yes quick enough
0: okay talk to me about um your regrets and you've touched on it a little bit already but i think it's worth delving into a little bit more because when i asked you if you had any regrets you said that you wish you had found the confidence you have now in your 50s years earlier and yeah yeah sorry no i was just going to say what does that confidence feel like now it feels like a gift it feels empowering
1: it feels like a just a kind of just secret superpower that we can all have it's like i mean it's just brilliant it's like that's why you just carry it around with you all the time and and if you're having a little bit of self doubt you just go no i i can do this and it, it's it is just a like a just it's kind of like finding the treasure in life it's like once you find that and you open up that treasure box and there is just confidence, it just comes in abundance and abundance. And, you know, it's also then learning about how you speak to yourself and and recognising that you're doing OK and that you don't need to change and just be you and and treat people like you would, people that you love. So, you know, my family to me and my everything. So everything I do, it's like that's how I would want to treat my family. It's like that's what I feel like with my YouTube subscribers. It's like their family. It's like with everyone. It's just kind of, you know, treat people how you would want people
0: to treat your family um friends of mine who are my age and older say something that does scare me a little bit and I'd love your insight on this they say the exact same thing that as you get older you become more confident that you care less about what other people think of you but that also particularly as a woman as you get older you become invisible yeah and that does have an impact of as you're you're as you are gaining in confidence, you are sort of losing something else that can knock your confidence. Have you found that at all?
1: Definitely. But you know what, you become invisible to the people that don't matter anyway. So that, that's how I think of it. I actually am still very visible with the people that I want to be with. And um, so so I think that can happen. But then when people say that, actually just think well who are you trying to be visible in front of and if you are invisible to them then you know what it's time to move on so so and and it's like um for me life is just started now now I've really you know I'm gonna have so much fun I love traveling I love going little city breaks I've got so many great friends that I kind of go away with so you know and um where did I go the other day oh, I'll tell you what I went to the other day with some friends who are all the same age so we're all in our 50s we went to Abbe Voyage oh my goodness it was so much fun have you been I
0: haven't but uh, I've heard it's utterly incredible
1: you know what? We just relived our youth. It was utterly fantastic. And I think the four of us, I mean, my three friends, they've all got children now that are grown up. And um, it was hilarious, actually. So I'm the only one that isn't a mum, just a cat mum. And I ended up having to look after them. The three of them, they were at the bar drinking shots. I was like, oh, my goodness, is this is what mums do. And, you know, it just showed. On that day, none of us were invisible. We were so visible. And we laughed. And it is life is what you make it i played that song the other day um talk talk i don't know if oh, you're probably too young to remember them it's a brilliant song you have to um go and listen to it talk talk life is what you make it and it is so true so if people are making you feel invisible then just go and find the people that make you feel visible
0: that's good advice um This is the answer that you gave to what's a weakness you consciously work on is the kind of thing that I would have said in one of my first ever job interviews, because you said you're a workaholic and you find it hard to slow down. But um, but that is a that is a real thing for you that you have to consciously make an effort to do. Right.
1: Absolutely. And um, it was funny. So I was doing a talk the other day about how to avoid burnout, which I was thinking is ironic, <laughs> I've just just gone there. And um, so this Sunday just gone, I was like, right, I'm just gonna walk with some friends in the morning, then I'm just going to spend the day relaxing. I was utterly exhausted from relaxing. I mean, that is an oxymoron. How does that work? So, what I've realised is, I'm no good at just sitting down. I I need to be busy. I need to. I've got a creative mind. I'm always thinking about different things. So, my way of switching off from being a workaholic is taking time out like it might be going to a museum or spending a whole day mooching around the shops I'm no good just being at home doing nothing I just I can't do it it's like please just let me go on my computer and then I don't and so, yeah, I, definitely my weakness is a workaholic and a chocaholic as well. We all need treats, don't we? And I have learnt, though, it is important. And I am realizing that I do need to take a little bit of time out because actually, then I come back with a fresher mind and more focus. So, it's just establishing the best way of doing it. And I know binge watching A Place in the Sun on the sofa just makes me feel really tired isn't the way forward it is about going out and just walking just walking around the shops just window
0: shopping doing something like that. Do you know I definitely have something similar in that I think that relaxing means stopping yeah (laughs) but every time I stop I don't feel great so for me it sounds like with you it's active recovery Absolutely. That is the name. I'm so excited now. I officially know what it's called. (laughs) I need active recovery. (laughs) Which is a change of scenery and slowing the pace, but not stopping. Absolutely. That's it. Definitely. Okay. Right. Well, Well, we can help each other with that. We can make sure that we we we... blog on that. I'm going to share it everywhere. Everyone needs to know how to do it. (laughs) Okay. That's going to be next week's bullet points. I'll be like, right. If you need to relax, let's find you some active recovery. Um, You also described your your biggest strength for me, and I think it will come as no surprise to listeners to know that you said that it's determination and discipline. Definitely. Is that who you are innately, or is that uh, something that you had to learn and develop, or a mixture of the two?
1: Um, I think it's something that, deep down, I'd kind of always had, but I had to to really um, endure it, to, to make it something that is just, you know, it is that 100% because, and I suppose this, this is where it gets really exciting because, again, going back to being at school and being the last one to get picked, it was kind of like, you'll never succeed, whereas... Growing up, realising that actually if you have determination, discipline, it doesn't matter who you are, you can succeed. So I think that's where I have that in my kind of armour as, Mm. you know, it's not about connections, how you look, how good you are. It's actually what will always win and what will always be the cream that rises to the top is having that determination and discipline, which, again, anyone
0: can have. You know what I've never heard? I've never heard anyone interesting. Sorry, this might be a bit too <laughs> bit too brash and generalistic, but I've never heard anyone interesting say, yeah, I always used to get picked like second or third yeah. at school mm-hmm. sports. You never hear that story. You yeah. only ever hear people talk about how crap it makes you feel to get mm-hmm. picked last. I think there's something to be said for, we talked about bullying at the top of the show, not bullying, but there is definitely something character building about life not going your way when you're younger yeah
1: and you know what life is never going to be plain sailing we are all going to have our ups and downs but you know it's how we react to them and and we all have a choice we either go left or right with every obstacle that we're given and you know I don't know what the difference between the left and the right is but basically you can go one way or another and um you know so we just have to pick ourselves up again and again and and one of the best things I've ever heard, um, and it, it's something that's really stuck with me, it's this kind of fable and story about this man that gets thrown into this lion's den and all these lions start running towards him and they are eating him alive and he hasn't got the strength to fight them off, right? And then all of a sudden they throw in his wife. So then he's now got the strength to fight all those lions off because he wants to go and save his wife. So the story behind that is, you know, so for me, there were times in life when I felt like I needed to find that strength to fight for what I wanted. And and that is what kind of, that's why I've always then stuck with having that determination and discipline, because when we really want to fight for something and we want to be the best version of ourselves, we need to use that inner strength. It's interesting. Sorry, that story I remember because at one point I've, I'm a cat mom, as I've said several times. So my cats are like children to me. I literally love them. And when I was going from bed sit to bed sit, I was struggling to keep my cats. And it was like, I then realized I couldn't afford to buy, to rent somewhere that would allow cats so it was like and someone looked after them for a bit and then they're like we can't look after them anymore and it was kind of like oh my god I just don't I can't get rid of them and um, someone said oh cats protection they'll take them and foster them so it broke my heart and I remember phoning the lady the following morning just saying I will be able to see where they go I will be at and she went no we'll never be able to tell you and I went right you can't take them that was to me that was being that man being thrown in the lion's den, it was like, no, I'm going to find a way to turn this around. And actually funny enough, I, that day went and found a cattery that would take them as long-term boarders. They had the whole of this one section that had like an ensuite. I was paying more <laughs> for their rent than I was for mine. I was happy in a little bed set, a little room under the stairs, like Harry Potter. And it was like, and that's where I was like, right, you know, this is, I'm going to change everything. And, and I got them back. So, you know, cat, again, is a little bit of, you know, your why, you know, I needed to get my cats, but I needed, needed, and that's where that determination and discipline came into play.
0: I thought you were going to say your cats ate you alive. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly ate you alive. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, they, they do, basically. They're just all about food. They're quite fickle, really.
0: <laughs> what cat isn't, to be honest. What <laughs> cat honestly isn't. Um, what makes you hopeful about the future? Do you know what? I think now it is kindness. I think people
1: are realizing that, you know, everything is just about less about materialism and just if we're kinder with each other. And also I think just more about within my kind of like career, I think now it's exciting that it's less about fitness is less about how we look and there's more of a conversation that it's more about health and, and that. um, as a trainer that is a really exciting kind of movement because people are now recognizing that actually fitness we've always just associated perhaps with your 20s 30s having a six-pack being able to do burpees actually you know fitness can be for your 70s your 80s your 90s it's it's kind of we're using it for health so i think that's a really exciting thing for the future
0: I think, and I think we're women of a similar age to be able to talk about this, but one of the things that I am very aware of doing and have incorporated into my life is weightlifting. Yeah. (laughs) Weightlifting, lifting weights, because I know that as a woman who is 45, who is hurtling towards, or is probably already in perimenopause and menopause is imminent, that having that muscle mass is really important in order to feel good through that process.
1: I I never use weights. I use body weight. So, and I always think that's really important because a lot of people get very confused and they're like, you never use weights. And I'm like, yeah, we do. Body weight to me um, is personally, I've always found that the best way to maintain muscle mass, to build bone mass. And um, so things like walking are a low impact body weight bearing exercise. So that's really good to help strengthen the bones through the hips, Um, doing things like press ups as well. And I think... For me, also, as an older woman, it's really important that if we're, like, exercise needs to be part of our daily life because we're doing it to actually look after our body. It's less about trying to look a certain way. And by using body weight, it's actually then safer on your joints, so you've got less risk of injury. But, you know, body weight, lifting weights, they're the the same thing. I think people get really confused with that, kind of just think you need to perhaps put, like couple of little hand weights um actually you know what well, if you challenge your muscles by using them for endurance as well it's not just strength then that is gonna maintain that muscle mass um, and i always say that one of the best exercise for women is press-ups press-ups are just amazing you know and again it's funny because we perhaps used to always just associate that with like a man's exercise but press-ups are just key and you know walking walking is one of the best exercises but definitely you know I think at this age you know 40 45 is definitely perimenopause I know for me um I didn't know what was happening to my body and there wasn't such a conversation about it and now I've kind of come through the other side and the menopause I feel kind of healthier and fitter than I probably did in my 20s so there is again it's not all doom and gloom I think once you understand and you know then you know how what you should be doing and you know the exercise for me the the stuff that I found that has just been really good is the walking doing the what I call MCM moves so that's multi compound moves doing moves that just work in multiple muscle groups and in multiple directions then that just means you're working lots of stabilizing muscles and more muscles you work then the more you're naturally increasing your metabolic rate because um After the age, actually, late 30s, we have a thing called sarcopenia, which happens. So that's where your muscle mass slowly starts to deteriorate. But if we start doing exercise, then we can reverse that. So again, you know, knowledge is power. The more we understand, then the easier it is to deal with and to prepare as well.
0: And I think it's really empowering as well, because when I was growing up, one of my favorite TV shows, still to this very day, is The Golden Girls. But those women were kind of they were in their early 50s yeah Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and yet yeah and JLo is now the same age as I think Dorothy was and you're like yeah we've really really changed how we perceive women and aging in the space of 40 years and
1: it's just about not having really lots of short layers around your face isn't it But, you know, I mean, it's just, yeah, age, age is just a number, isn't it? And you know what? We're all going to get older and some of us don't even make it this far in life. So it's less about dreading it. We just got to embrace it. We just got to embrace every second we're here and just, just run with it.
0: It's been such a pleasure to talk to you, Lucy, and I will put the links to everything that you do in the show notes, obviously, including the Ted talk, but absolutely the YouTube channel. There's so, so much on there. And just with that, if someone's listened to this and they've thought, I really want a piece of what I really want to pick up what Lucy's putting down. um, Is there a particular video or a playlist or anything that you recommend to somebody, to somebody as a good entry level or entry point for the channel?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if someone's perhaps a beginner, then then have a look at my playlist. There are beginners workouts. If someone's perhaps menopause or is menopause, if someone perhaps has a limited mobility, there are the seated workouts. If perhaps someone stopped running, there's the beginners running workouts. I mean, there really is something, there's children's, there is literally something there for everyone. Um, but so I'm trying to do more playlists, so then it's a little bit easier to to find them
0: basically there's over a thousand videos everybody so you, you will find something so just uh, have a browse I say
1: there are a couple of really bad ones as well which i didn't pull down but i didn't a halloween one where i even went to the trouble of having a smoke machine walking into a creaky door and doing a workout of broomsticks quite embarrassing but you know what you just think that's actually the journey you have to keep that in
0: Definitely wouldn't do that now. That is definitely all part of the journey. It's been such a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I've loved and hearing your you. life lessons. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Emma Gun Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it, and you never want to miss an episode then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter, where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. You have to answer a couple of questions, but we cannot wait to see you there. Come over and join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one.